Thank you for joining us on Love That Voiceover, where we explore the people and projects behind the microphone in depth. I am your chic, geeky, unique host, Love That Rebecca. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Grau. Keep listening to Love That Voiceover. Oh, yeah, baby. I've been it. We are back with Mr. Mark Cashman, and we have been talking about his career and, and the way that he developed the career that he's created, which is really this wonderful mix of advertising, audio production for radio and TV, and some non-broadcast elements as well as music. And then there's an aspect to his career of voice acting as well as uh, voiceover teaching and coaching. Now, are you still heavily involved with advertising and production? Uh, Heavily involved, no, but still involved, yes. Okay. Um, So considering, you know, when you were heavily involved, and then comparing that to now, but when you were heavily involved in advertising, what aspects uh, did you did you find yourself involved in mostly? Was it was it absolutely everything, or was it writing, or was it getting talent, or what parts? It just depended upon the project. Um, uh, a lot of spots I wrote, cast, and produced. Some spots I uh, uh, cast and produced because this, the agency wrote the spots. Sometimes the agency would write a spot and say, "Hey, we need your help in rewrites and in polishing and in making sure that this is, um, you know, conversational or uh, our timing is good and we have an overwritten and and all those things." And did you do campaigns for beyond radio and TV? Were you doing full fledged the billboard, the print ad? The... No, no, no. No, because those were areas beyond my expertise. Okay. Um, and so, so it was just basically, again, radio and TV, um, uh, primarily audio, but, to, but also TV on camera as well, only towards recently that I, have I gotten into TV. Mainly it was, again, audio. So it was either, okay. it was either broadcast, local, regional, or, or national, or it was uh, non-broadcast as well. I got into a lot of non-broadcast productions that still required voiceover or music or both. Right, and non-broadcast would be used in the, in this example. Could you give us a few? Oh, like an industrial. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. That type of thing, or a narration for a particular uh, a project, uh, interactive uh, a CD-ROM, uh, learning uh, e-learning things, games for kids. Okay. Uh, virtually always audio. Always for audio. Music, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. That's yeah. wonderful. Okay, just yeah. to help me and everybody, all the listeners understand. You said that the advertising production is less than it was in the past. What is your overall career scope now? What does that pie include, if you will? Well, it it includes basically everything that we've talked about. It includes production for commercials and for non-broadcast as well. Mm-hmm. It includes also a lot of voice work that I do. Right. And, of course, and, 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 uh, and teaching as well. Right. I teach um, my own private classes. I do one-on-one coaching with people all over the world, um, and I teach at right now. I'm teaching at a voiceover at Cal Arts, which is one of the top uh, art schools in the country. That's in Los Angeles. That's in Los Angeles. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, and then, the, what percentages are they? If you could break them into percentages that represent those topics. Geez, I would say probably a, a third each. A third About each. A third production. A third. Uh, they're teaching thirty-three yeah, percent, and, and, and a third voice work. Uh, you know, again, those those numbers change from year to year, but that's 
basically where we're looking at. The main reason that uh, that uh, uh, radio production, at least in, in my case, has gone down a little bit is mainly because a lot of a lot of clients are going to the radio stations because the radio stations are saying, hey, if you invest X amount of money uh, in a campaign with us, we'll do your spot for free. Right. And the, and the client says, well, she's free. I can't get better than that. Yeah, packaging and, uh, happens at all kinds of levels, not just retail. Yeah. <laughs> then let's let's jump to now. We were just talking about sort of the percentages of 33% for each of those categories, if you will, of mm-hmm. uh, making up your professional life right now. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to find out is that at a particular moment in your career, advertising production, audio production, was a huge part of your overall scheme of work compared to 33% now. You said it's gone down. So when it was its biggest, how much of that did incorporate your career versus the voiceover recording that you actually do as an actor or talent? Up until about 2000, Mm -hmm. uh, was I basically doing production full-time. Oh, okay. So it was almost 100% of the time. Yeah. And then after that, uh, uh, again, I saw a big trend in a lot of clients just going directly to the radio station. Right. And uh, when a radio station says, we'll do something for free, I can't compete with free. Well, you know, and that's why I brought that up at the beginning of the show when I was asking about your background, because right now, even now, they have the sales guys at the radio stations, and there are really so many changes going on with radio, and there's a lot of internet radio now. But the sales guys would be pitching, and they'd throw in you know, a free voiceover, too. So there's a lot of things that go on in in the business-to-business environment that shift the paradigm that we all work in. And so, of course, you know, every decade or so, things shift and we change with the times or we don't. Mm -hmm. And luckily, you did. And now, what lessons do you continue to use that you learned in the advertising world that you can share with us? You know, whether it's a trend in voiceover, whether it's a trend in advertising style, because, for example, we all know that there was a period of time where you know, kind of being snarky and above it all was the attitude in advertising. Yeah. Um, so things like that, like what can you say you've you've seen shifting or what it's maintaining or or something new is, is coming right now? Yeah, I would say the, the most important shift in terms of voiceover, in terms of voice acting and performance in uh, commercial copy has been the, the trend toward more real people, the trend toward having you sound like you're talking to your best friend or talking to a friend or just talking to somebody, being conversational, being uh, believable. And one of my colleagues, Penny Apshire, came up with just the most perfect phrase, tell me, don't sell me. Right. And, And that's basically what I instruct all of my students to do is just tell me about the product. You don't need to convince me. You don't need to sell me. I don't want you to sell me. I don't want you to do a hard sell. I just want you to tell me about the product and let me make up my mind. Well, now, one of the, the, much- within, that, within that trend, though, are there further trends that you've seen? Because one of the things that was happening for a while, this is just a really easy example, and I don't know that it's still there, but in the 2001, 2003 time period when I was first getting started professionally in voiceover, it was the girl with the raspy voice. If you had a raspy voice, you really yeah. were going to be better. Yeah. You know, you were going to be more likely yeah. chosen. Um, I know. 
I don't know if that's still the case. I don't think it is, but... Yeah, you know, it, again, there are, there are always the trends, and those trends go in and out of style, and even the raspy voice was because Demi Moore was hitting it big, <laughs> and, and everybody wanted to sound like Demi Moore. Um, yeah. A huge... Uh, there's Things always like that happen. Men- yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, there's, but there's, that's a bandwagon mentality. Uh, that happens of, all over the advertising industry. They, they glom on to trends because they want to... They wanna, uh, Seem hip and cool and 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 uh, well, that, yeah. And, but sometimes and, it's and, helpful to know what you see. Do you see? Do you have anything on your radar right now that you think is trending or trending out or anything like that? No, no. <laughs> you don't. You don't <laughs> I, like those I, trends. Again, it's just. It's just purely. Well, okay. There are some trends that it seems that there. Are, it seems that there are more and more celebrities getting into voiceover. Right. And of course, those, those that's. Um, you know, they're just being hired because of the the sound of their voice, their voice print. Um, uh, they're not going to be bringing a, you know fabulous acting to uh, to uh, to copy. They're just going to be lending their voice to it. Uh, so well, they're bringing a, you know, a cachet of their personality. And, that's right. Yeah. It's not their personality. They're celebrity. Their celebrity personality. Yeah, their celebrity panache cachet. It's, it's not their. It's not just their panache. It's their voice. It's their actual voice. Oh yeah, the print. recognizability of it. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. It's again, when somebody hears a spot, they may not necessarily know who's voicing it, but they say, yeah, that voice sounds familiar. And that's an unconscious thing, and that's why they hire celebrities because they they want you to, to already be comforted by a familiar voice. Yeah. So if you hear, uh, you know. Uh, 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 the guy who does uh, Don Draper, Madman guy. Right. Um, um, what's what's his name? I don't know the Ham? actor's name. Yeah. I don't know. Um, again, they're familiar with his voice. Okay. They hear Jeff Bridges. They're familiar with his voice. Yeah. They hear Morgan Freeman. Oh, they're familiar yeah. with his voice. Right. And so this is why uh, one of the reasons that that advertisers hire celebrities. The other reason, truthfully, is the client wants to uh, have pictures taken with them. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, they've got a nice budget. They can pay for it, I guess. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, trending-wise, yes, more and more celebrities are getting into voice work, in not just commercials, but also animated series, because they want those names on the marquee. So, more and more celebrities are getting into voiceover, if you want to call that a trend. Um, and But uh, overall, again, the, the overall trend in voiceover now is to sound like a real person, sound like you're talking, not sound like you're reading for a second. All right. The old school, the old school was announcer. Right. They, they had these intoning announcers. Like a broadcasting Walter Cronkite or whatever, the Barbara yeah. Walters style, you know. Yeah. 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 It's definitely natural, conversational, always in the specs. Yeah. You know what, Mark? This puts us at a great place to take a pause, okay. which I need to do. So all you lovely listeners, hang tight. We'll come back with the Mark, the cash man, the Mark cash man. Will you hang with us, Mark? Absolutely. Hey, all you sexy, fabulous, wonderful, joyous, prosperous, wealthy, beautiful people. This is Rebecca Michaels-Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca, of Love That VoiceOver. I wanted to thank you for listening to the podcast. My focus are voiceover talent, casting directors, and other creatives that work behind the mic. Tune in anytime since archives are online at Blog Talk Radio right now. So tell your friends, tell your other friends, tell everyone to tune in. 
to love that voiceover with Love That Rebecca, Rebecca Michaels Haw. If you'd like to publicize a nonprofit charity or special event, just write me at Rebecca at lovethatrebecca.com with the details. All right, let's jump back in. So I noticed that as a voice actor, um, and now, now we understand your audio background with the advertising. That's so cool. And now you have done, you have done everything in voice acting. According to what I saw in your resume, you have touched you know, pretty much every category of voice acting that you could in terms of the kinds of projects. Audiobooks, commercials, both radio and TV, uh, non-broadcast, as well as um, a cartoon animation series, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know what, I, I don't know if you've done a lot of TV narration, um, but that's the only thing I don't remember seeing on there. So yes. there are two things, a documentary narration, although I did do a documentary, uh, but, uh, but um, um, it was a long, long time ago. Right. And, um, and IVR, interactive voice oh, recording. right. But I joined the club of saying, but wait, there's more. <laughs> I, I, I got to say that, which was cool. I, I'm now a charter member of the But Wait, There's More club. <laughs> the other thing I got to do was to, um, to laugh like a villain. Oh, can you give it to us? <laughs> oh, fun. What was that for? It was for children's. It was for a young reader's uh, audio book, uh, where where the villain uh, actually it was written out B W A H A H A H A H A H A. That's awesome! That's awesome! <laughs> That's so much fun! Give it to us again. <laughs> so, of all of the kinds of projects that you're working on, is it seems like audiobooks are a big piece of it, but that's just because there's a lot of highlighting with awards. Um, in that, if you look at the Mark Cashman voiceover talent, and we think about what categories of work a man can do for voiceover, um, what's your biggest, your top three categories of work in terms of the frequency or volume? Or value in terms of monetary value. I would, I would say, at least uh, in my uh, in my areas right now, the three strongest are commercial, uh, audiobook, and e-learning. Okay, okay, and a number of e-learning. So give courses. us so give us your quick overview on those top three and um, what the focus is in terms of uh, the audiobooks and the, is it characters and really being able to consistently hold that character through a book or to shift really fast from one to the other and, and really keep going and getting through it? I mean, what's, the, what's your technique in the audiobook area? Or the, or the, wow. the, the strong well, it, it point? Just, it just depends on whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Okay. Uh, because I do, I do both. Sure. So in that respect, um, you know, there isn't any uh, particular trend per se or... Um, it, it, because I, I cover a lot of areas. Right. Maybe in that respect, you can tell us something that you think is a really strong pointer. You know, what is it that's something you use while you're doing audio books? Because those are long form projects, right? Yes. So what's a tip to help you keep going? <laughs> right. Well, the, I mean, there are, there are a number of, of uh, skills you've got to have to be uh, uh, an audiobook narrator. Uh, but the bottom line is you have to love it. You've got to love what you're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's got to be a labor of love because it is a labor. Audiobooks is the hardest, most difficult part of voice acting there is. And the irony is it pays less than anything else out there. Yeah. That's the sad, sad part of it. Yeah. However, it is a labor of love. And I, uh, and, but you have, to, you have to really, really love long form. You have to be able to have the stamina for long form, but you also have to be able to hold the interest. So I always say, you know, again, what you want to do, if possible, is do something you love, because then it's not work. Well, does that count in terms of the kinds of projects? Because, you know, a lot of people, like you were in your moment when you only had your 20 bucks, some mm. people are really hungry out there, oh, yeah. and, and, and they may get an offer for yeah. something, or they may audition it's get an offer to audition for something, and they're like, oh, God, this topic, I just hate the topic. Should they or shouldn't they? Absolutely not. If they hate mm. the topic, if they hate the topic, why do it? Right. Seriously, why do it? Um, I, Good. I, Good. I, I'm glad you said that. A while ago, um, um, uh, I, I narrated my last religious audiobook. Your last, I, as in you made a decision about that. I made a decision not to do any more religious audiobooks. It wasn't something that, that, that interested me. Uh, right, it wasn't right. something that I wanted to propagate. Um, and, and was this because of a, a, a trial and tribulation that you went through with the types of projects that you were receiving, or there were other ones you'd rather do that you were getting and you couldn't keep them all on your plate? It was a How combination you... of both. It was a combination okay. of that I'd rather do this than this, and also right. the, the actual material that I was getting across to people uh, was... was I just felt it was pretty dense and arcane, and uh, and you were and you were not satisfied with with get that kind of a project. Yes, yes. It, it just it, it just wasn't me. It just it wasn't the right fit. And so again, life's short. Uh, you got to pick and choose. Yeah, I think that's a really excellent, really important golden nugget, Mark. Mm-hmm. Because I was just talking to another actress, very professional, been in television on soaps and was into voiceover, it's Tasia Valenza. I just interviewed her, and uh-huh. she said the very same thing, where she had, she had started in uh, soap operas on camera. Mm-hmm. It was extremely successful as a particular character, uh, and decided that voiceover was where she wanted to go, went that direction over a period of years, balancing them both, and then she got into another soap opera for, I think she said, six weeks. And the point was, she went back and she realized this isn't what she wanted to do. She really, mm-hmm. really was doing exactly what she had done when she started, when it had all been so fresh and so new and so wonderful. And then when she went back, she said, I bookended that on-screen career because I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wasn't having fun anymore. I didn't love it anymore. Right. And so right. important because then what happens is everything about your persona starts shrinking, essentially, yeah. when you yeah. don't do what you love. So, yeah. so important. And Absolutely. within a category, even like audiobooks, this is such a great example. Thank you so much. It's really a golden nugget. It's so important to say, well, within that category, I'm still not going to do such and such yada yada, and I won't accept those projects, and I'm not going to focus my energy on auditions even, because mm-hmm. I'm going to be targeting what I really, really want. Well, plus, you know, it comes out in your delivery. You, you, you can hear whether or not you're interested in something or not. Yeah, and, and that's really important. And the other thing is, too, is, uh, you know, sometimes I, I do a lot of e-learning myself, and mm-hmm. I would have to say, Wh- whatever you're doing, you know, do it well. 
even yeah. if you're sweeping the dang floor washing dishes. Yeah. Do however, it well. However, um, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, too. Because, again, if you are finding yourself, uh, well, let's just say you're struggling financially. Um, but you have the opportunity to do work that isn't particularly exciting or sexy, okay, or right. fascinating to you. Exactly where I wanted to go. Yes, could, keep you, going, Mark. So yes. let's just say you've got a project to do that, uh, on the surface, in terms of the the um, subject matter, is as dry as dust. All right, it's yeah. drier than dust. However. They're willing to pay you fifty, seventy-five, hundred bucks an hour to narrate this. Okay, not particularly yep. compelling, not particularly fascinating or interesting to the general public, but it's going to pay your rent for the next month or two. Mm-hmm. And, and they like you. And, it's not, and they like you. And it's not manual labor. You're not. And they want you. And they want you. <laughs> and, they, and you're not digging ditches or, or tarring a roof. Okay, you're sitting right. behind a microphone and 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 and, uh, and narrating something and editing it and 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 sending it off. Yes, sir. Do you do it? If you need the money and and it's not uh, the porno, uh, yeah, go ahead, do it. Right, 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 Again, right. It's, right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, in the scheme of things, you also have to look at it too. Is this going to help somebody? If you look at something and you say, "Geez, this is really, really boring," but it could help somebody. I just did a, uh, I've been working for two years on and off on an e-learning course that helps people be certified in maintenance and, and operation and, and repair of transformers. Not the transformers, wow. not the toys transformers, the Michael Bay <laughs> the transformers, electrical. those boxes up on the telephone poles that, that birds land on and, and electrocute themselves accidentally. Those transformers. And hurricanes knocked down. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Now, Sweet. Awesome advice. Content-wise, dry as dust. Dry as right. dust. But that doesn't matter because people are taking a certification course to be certified in this area. If, and this is stuff that if they don't learn right, if they don't hear the right words, they could electrocute themselves. They could knock out a whole power grid for a city. So, exactly. so I'm obviously doing something to help somebody, and, and, and it is an educational thing. may not be interesting to me, but it's interesting to somebody else. And the best part that you said that helps us get the right frame of mind around it sometimes when we have to do something like sweep the floor, That's right. and I'm using that as an That's analogy, right. obviously, right. is to say, are you helping somebody? You know, like, for example, this is a real personal thing, but I hate vacuuming, but the man I live with and that I love has very bad allergies, and if I don't do it, then he's going to suffer. Yep. So I do it because I love him, right. and I don't want him to suffer, exactly and right. I have to do it because he can't, right. because he'll suffer even worse. So, you and know, in a way, a you find it. That's a very altruistic thing. Huh? You know, I, we don't, fortunately, we don't have to make those decisions as narrators, you know. <laughs> no, it's totally selfish. It's totally yeah. selfish. I am not altruistic yeah. in this regard. It ends up making my life better. <laughs> exactly. It really does. Exactly. But if you put your mind around it and you know that you want to do things in this way, it's a way to get started if that's where you want to be. And you yeah. can get there that way instead of trying to start with Disney. <laughs>
Right. Again, you you just want to make sure that whatever you do, you do you you have a sense of self respect. I too. wanted me. I wanted you to give me the evil laugh again. I was cueing you. <laughs> well, let's save that to the end. We've already done two. Oh, okay. Let's, let's have that'll be the icing on the cake. But. Uh, Wait a sec. So what's going on at the time right now is that we are going to come back next week. Thank you for joining us right now, Mark. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> we will be back next week. Thanks for listening to Love That Voiceover.